Are there days when you feel frustrated because you're not seeing progress, but yet you continue to do the same things over and over expecting a different result? Are there days you feel defeated, lost, or hopeless and feel like giving up? Well, you're in the right place, my friend, and I can help. This is the Road to Health podcast, and my name's Tamar, your host for this adventure. Join me on my perfectly imperfect journey as I implement the strategies I've learned from the coaches I work with and make my goals and dreams a reality. I don't always manage to resist the temptations that life throws at me, but by working on developing the way I think and how I take action, I've learned to build a firm belief in my own ability to change. No one needs to take this journey alone, so if you want to be empowered to live up to your true potential and meet the challenge of change, join me on the Road to Health. Well, hello everyone. Tamar here from the Road to Health podcast. Thanks for joining me today. So this week is going to mark the one year anniversary that I started the Road to Health podcast and what an amazing journey it's been. I am so grateful that I started a podcast. You know, it was basically a platform that I could share my experience, you know, my health journey. And it's also become an amazing platform to meet like-minded people who want to help others for a living. And in all honesty, that is what has really inspired me to take this to another level. And as I mentioned last week, um, now if you haven't listened to last week's show, you should probably go back and listen to it because it's a pretty good one. Um, But if you haven't, I am starting a rebranding of the Road to Health podcast. It is going to move into the road beyond recovery. And you might be asking me why. Well, over the last year, as much as I have really enjoyed this health journey and sharing, you know, my strategies and tips that I've learned from the coaches that I am still working with, um, I've decided that I want to head in a different direction. And the reason for that is because since I started my entrepreneurial journey in April of this year, I have been asked to um, share my knowledge with other people who are just starting out, right? Because typically when you get into this space, you meet a whole bunch of people, you get bombarded with all these courses and all this information that you should learn this and that. And so I have had some friends of mine reach out and acquaintances and kind of just ask, you know, how to get started. What are the basics of starting a podcast, you know, because they're just not at that place where they're ready to monetize or, or ready to take that next step. And so... What I found is that I'm really, really enjoying sharing those experiences, right? Just how to get better organized, um, how to start off with the basics, like learning Canva and all that kind of stuff. And because a lot of this, like I've had some amazing coaches, amazing mentors, amazing people in my life that have shown me so much. And a lot of things I have gone and I've just kind of YouTubed it, figure out how to do it as I go. You know, some things I didn't start off with very well. I made some mistakes along the way, that's for sure. But I've really enjoyed doing that part of the business. And so being asked to help others to do that as well kind of inspired me to pivot a little bit because, of course, obviously I'm not traveling right now for business. And so things have really turned around. So now I've decided that I'm going to focus more on my entrepreneur journey. And the reason it's called The Road Beyond Recovery is because in the world that I live in, which is recovery um, from alcohol and drug addiction, 
I see a lot of people um, basically struggling. I see a lot of people pass away, you know, because they get complacent. They, you know, start to develop a better life, but then it's kind of like that now what feeling, right? And a lot of them, just like myself in the early days, I kind of felt like I had more of a purpose, but I didn't know what that was. And I didn't know how to go about finding it. And it wasn't until I started reaching out to other people and, you know, started to get way out of my comfort zone that I started to really find what my own purpose and passion was. And so my mission is to really help empower you know, people to live up to their true potential, right? To find that purpose in life and to, you know, set goals that align with that uh, purpose and passion. So that is why I've decided to make the change because that is where my absolute love is. I love working with clients and helping them discover things in themselves that they never knew were possible. And that's where I want to go. So I'm really excited about it. Um, February 15th will be the launch date for the new show. So you can keep tuning in right here. The only thing that's going to change is the logo. And we're going to get some different types of guests in here. Still amazing guests um, like we've had in the past. I've actually got some really cool guests lined up already. Um, I'm going to be interviewing them in the new year. So I can't wait for you to listen So if you want to continue to be inspired in your journey in life, make sure you stay tuned. You know, I probably will be adding a little bit of health stuff in there because I think that uh, health is always going to be part of my journey no matter what direction or no matter what area that I focus on the most. So that all being said, if you haven't registered for my How to discover your Ikigai challenge, make sure you do that. You can head on over to my website, www.theroadforward.ca. I'm starting that today, so December 14th. Make sure you tune in. The last group I ran through the challenge, it just, it was incredible just to hear, you know, that um, that passion, right, that came out of them, the creativity that came out of them. And a lot of them have finally felt like that spark has been ignited again in their lives. And they're really excited to move forward in their journey. So don't miss out. You can still join. It's not too late. I'm going to be making sure all the videos are there ready and waiting for you when you're ready to join us. And the bonus is, is that this group, after the challenge is done, I'm actually going to be switching it over to the Road Beyond Recovery Facebook group. So you will get insider information into the podcast when that launches. You're also going to get the sneak peek to the Beyond Recovery book, which I am launching that same, I think it's the week before actually, um, February 10th or 11th, but uh, Beyond Recovery, that is my second book. It's the follow-up to the Hope Elevated book that I wrote this year. So make sure you come join that Facebook group regardless because you're going to get all the inside details to the rebranding, the book launch, and all that kind of stuff. You can be a fun part of it. I'm going to be doing challenges within that group, and I am also going to be giving away gifts regularly. So come join us there. You can go through the website, like I said, theroadforward.ca. So you guys are in for a treat today because on the show, I have my good friend, Susmitha Veganosaurus from the Feel Good Factor podcast. 
Sismitha is a vegan chef, a meditation guide, an artist, and a holistic business coach. She is so passionate about the vegan lifestyle. As you know, I have plenty of vegan friends. So if you're interested in learning more about the vegan lifestyle, you definitely want to check this woman out. Um, I met Sismitha on in the Rise and Bloom Mastermind, which is hosted by our friend Allison Melody. And although she can't be on all the calls because she is in India, I did get to see her last month, which was really awesome. Um, this woman just, she's incredible. You know, she's uh, probably one of the sweetest people that I've ever met. And she's so knowledgeable, right? And, you know, she has a restaurant over in India. And it's really, she tries to create this experience for the customer, right? So they want to continue to come back. And so we talk about basically what led her to where she is today, doing her coaching. We talked about her journey, right, um, in being a vegan and what that entailed, right? How it's impacted her life and made it better for her. So we talk about all this kind of stuff, owning your passion, manifestation, all sorts of things. I think we even talk about savory yogurt and chocolate cake. Um, that's probably where I kind of started to, you know, squirrel um, a little bit. But uh, this woman's got a ton of information. I hope you enjoy it and make sure you stay tuned until the end because I'm going to let you in on a little vegan immersion experience course that Sismith is offering. And she is giving us a 20% discount. So I'll give you the code for that too. So make sure you stay tuned and I will also add that in the show notes, but enjoy our chat. Hey everyone, I'm hanging out with my friend Susmitha Veganosaurus from the Feel Good Factor podcast. How are you doing? Hey, hi Tamar. Great to be here. I'm doing great. I'm having my evening tea. I'm out here in India. It's evening for me and I'm uh, enjoying having this, uh, this chat with you. That sounds very relaxing. So you are a vegan chef, a meditation guide, an artist, an influencer, and a holistic business coach. So you're doing a ton of different things, and we've talked about it previously. So why don't you tell my audience a bit about yourself and what led you to what you're doing today? Uh, sure. So, you know, growing up, I've never been able to stick to one single interest. I would always jump from one thing to another and try multiple things. And, you know, uh, I, you know, it, I was told that, oh, you know, jack of all trades. And that's that doesn't have a very good, uh, I didn't uh, grow up thinking that was a very good thing uh, to be where you lose interest in one thing and then move on to another. But as I grew up, I realized that, oh, you know, this does exist and there's actually a word for it uh, called multipotentialite, you know, people who like to try multiple things and, uh, you know, can't do just one single track, go take the life in one single track. So I've never had a corporate job. I like working for myself. I like doing things at my own time. And uh, I started in the past few years I, you know, maybe a decade or so, I started owning this fact that, yes, I have multiple interests, I have multiple passions, and I can pursue them alternately. As long as when I'm pursuing them, I'm dedicated to them, that's what matters. And, uh, the, you know, that's what has led me today to do all these things. And another thing is um, my veganism. I love teaching. And, uh, you know, I love teaching anything, whatever I've learned. I've taught a lot of things. So I just enjoy that a lot. So veganism is something that, you know, when it comes to recipes and cooking, that is something I like to teach a lot. 
but i felt that teaching only that isn't enough because in my life and in my business i use spirituality i use abundance uh, practices manifestation practices and you know positive thinking and reiki and meditation all those things so i always like to combine all of it together so in my most you know this this pandemic has been great because <laughs> i mean <laughs> only i agree i know a lot of <laughs> it's given me time to really contemplate and um, you know find like a clear pathway a clear mm-hmm. plan clear vision of where i want to go make little goals you you know try achieving them one after another it's helped me a lot and that's how i figured out that yes i can do you know coaching <laughs> and i can continue being a chef and teaching things and you know i can do meditation recordings and of course uh, my podcast where i can share all of the combination of all of it together with people and i love how you talk about multiple passions because i can really relate i mean i mm-hmm. still have a full time day job so i i have to do that and work everything around it but in this last year you know since we met in rise and bloom i have been just kind of experimenting with the things that i really enjoy doing and i've found my passions in life now and that's helping other people not only in you know life coaching and performance consulting but I also love to help people get started on how I learned how to actually start my podcast, like just the little things. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I agree, the pandemic for me, I mean, although there's a lot of terrible things going on in the world, it's been a chance for me to say, okay, I am not doing my regular routine right now. How can I make what I'm doing better? And how can I help people even more? Because I have the time, you know, I mean, there's there's not the traveling for me anymore. There's not the commuting. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm done work and I'm working from home, I shut off my computer and I don't have to drive for half an hour, right? So it's like, how can <laughs> I help other people with all these multiple things that I love doing? So mm-hmm. <laughs> you mentioned that you're vegan. So let's talk about your vegan journey. You know, How did that start and how has it impacted your life? So I've grown up vegetarian all my life. Uh, it's a very common thing in India. Many, many families, a lot of the people are vegetarian. It's just a cultural thing. Uh, so I was vegetarian not because of any ethical or conscious choices. It's just because my family is vegetarian. I grew up vegetarian and that's the way it was. Uh, so I could have gone either way. Like if, if I had a group of friends uh, who would have influenced me to become start eating meat, I don't know in the future I may have even done that. I have no idea. Because I didn't really consciously have this attachment to animals or love them or anything like that. But in 2003, that's 17 years ago, I found out about, um, actually I found out in 2002 and 2003 I went vegan, I found out about the cruelty is the kind of practices that happen in the dairy industry. And uh, that just blew my mind. So initially I was resistant. I didn't want to know because I'm like, you know, nobody, all of us want to be good. All of us want to be, we are, you know, naturally compassionate people, but there is a lot of uh, consumption of animal products that happens simply because of lack of awareness. And when I did find out about it and finally got over my denial, I realized that, okay, you know, my, my taste buds are not worth this. They're just not worth it. And I loved dairy. I would, uh, I would drink plain glasses of milk, unsweetened, just glug plain glasses of milk. And <laughs> I can't even imagine doing that now. Huh? <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, so then I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to give up. 
I was under the misconception, like a lot, a lot of people are. Though things are changing now. Uh, back then, the word vegan was barely known, uh, especially in India. But I was under the misconception that I had to just give up stuff, and my choices are going to get uh, limited. They're going to reduce, and then I'll have nothing to eat. Not nothing to eat, but I'll have boring stuff to eat. Is what I. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, I don't give up easily. Two things that I love very, very much. One is curds. That is yogurt. We. have a lot of that here in south india we have it in savory form uh, we mix it with rice and salt and all that and we have it so savory yogurt and the other is chocolate cake <laughs> i love chocolate cake <laughs> so two things that you know when i went vegan i'm like you know what why don't i try making this why don't i figure out a way to veganize this and then when i started looking into these recipes it just blew my mind it opened up this whole new world of alternatives and these new cuisines new ways of working with known ingredients like i'd never have thought i could make uh, yogurt with peanuts you know things like that it it was just crazy and i loved it i loved that feeling of oh my god this is so creative and that is what triggered the passion for me to become a vegan chef that's what started kicked off that that uh, path of becoming a vegan chef and um, for the past 7 years uh, i have uh, been a part of i'm i co own uh, india's first vegan restaurant which is uh, carrots and uh, the country has come a long way veganism has come a long way in the country so from then we were lonely back then and now there are so many awesome vegan businesses especially in bangalore the city where i live it's very vegan friendly mm-hmm. so it's growing and i've loved seeing the growth of it and as a part of my restaurant of course like i said i love teaching so apart from the food we are also a culinary vegan culinary school and we teach a lot of cooking baking classes and we do a lot of that That's awesome. So, let's talk about your restaurant carrots, right? Let's talk about the journey and the philosophy. Yeah, so well, carrots was started with the by a guy called Krishna. So, I didn't start it by the way. I was initially a guest, a very enthusiastic regular <laughs> guest promoting them all the time. Yeah, about 10 months down the line is when I joined uh, the restaurant. Uh, so, carrots was started just with the intention of bringing vegan food to the world to show everybody you know you have all these amazing choices and we can you can try it but when krishna started the restaurant he didn't stop with just veganism we realized that you know when we would go out to eat we had to ask a lot of questions and it wasn't very easy to get vegan options back then or make people understand what vegan options are and that made us empathize with people who have other allergies we are like okay anyway we are vegan so that eliminates a lot of the allergens anyway like the dairy and the eggs and the shellfish and things like that so let us go a step further and give options it's not like a whole menu has to be gluten free a whole menu a whole menu has to be soy free it's not that we don't want to restrict that but anyone with any allergy almost can come and ask us and we will make something we will make sure they are fed so that is something that is very important to us that everybody gets something and they don't have to feel um you know they don't have to hesitate to ask and they ha- don't have to feel like people are laughing at them because they're saying i don't want this i don't want that my whole team 
is trained the the front end staff the chefs everybody is trained and they are very very uh, sensitive to people with allergies and very careful about things and um and that leads me to the other part of carrots which is so big which is our team that is our most important like our team is our most important asset they are these amazing guys amazing young guys and you know we are so blessed to have them and we feel like all of us are a family we love seeing each other not right now because of the pandemic but then you know before we would love going and meeting each other every day and hanging out together and learning from each other and we always wanted to set this environment because these guys come from really far off villages with not a not a lot of privilege and we always felt that you know they're coming all the way here to earn a living um, you know all the way down south and they that's because they don't have another alternative and they're all in like you know they early to mid 20s most of them are at that age so we're like at this age i was just going to college hanging out enjoying myself but they are doing this so this has to be an experience which teaches them it has to be like they are also at a college at a school you know it shouldn't be just like they're coming to work they need to learn they need to uh, grow and feel like at home and that's mm-hmm. so important to us and that has led to amazing energy in the restaurant overall and your because guests the must feel that happy. yes absolutely the guests absolutely feel it we are not known only for our food we are also equally known for the uh, homely feel like you know they feel cozy and they feel welcome that atmosphere the smiling faces we genuinely happy to see our regulars you know that that feel comes to them and that's a big part of what carrots is wow i love that and you know i love going to restaurants where you feel like that where you actually feel like you're a regular it doesn't matter how many times you've been there but it it does make the whole experience so much better and i think as a society we don't take the time to enjoy our food anymore you know and myself i can get wrapped in the rush as well but it's just mm-hmm. it's nice to be able to sit down and i know i've you know i've seen some of the stuff that you cook on social media and i'm just like oh i got to try that i have to try that i have to try that <laughs> so i love how you make it an experience for people so that being said what advice would you give because i have people ask me and of course i've never tried um vegan but what advice would you give to somebody who's starting out and wants to learn more about how to become vegan uh start out with an open mind and uh, believe me when i say if i could go vegan you can go vegan <laughs> but considering <laughs> how obsessed with dairy i was it's uh, much easier than you would imagine it to be uh maybe start out if if you want if you feel like okay i can just do it and make the switch do it or you can do it gradually you know re- reducing one thing at a time from your uh, switching one thing at a time uh, from your diet mm-hmm. or you can say i'm going to do this for one month very strictly and this is the method that i found has been most effective to a lot of my friends like who have turned vegan they're like i'll try this for just one month very strictly and see how it goes and then when they do it see what when you do it like this with a clean break what happens is all the addictive properties of dairy particularly you know not, uh, and when it comes to animal products dairy is the one with the most addictive properties it's an actual you know it has casomorphines which is meant to attract the baby to keep coming back and drink milk from the mother which humans have to like all all mammal milks have but dairy it's like huge quantities and that kind of you know when when we're doing um 
thickening it into cheese and uh, butter and things like that it's like a way you know it's it's just <laughs> saturated with that mm-hmm. and which is what brings us back to it so when you do a clean break and you're like okay i'm just not going to have it you will clearly see the difference in the way you feel in the body in the mind and slowly the addiction goes away so you do that and then don't just give up stuff please don't just say okay i'm just going to quit dairy and you know just that's not going to be do alternatives and if you are in a country where alternatives are easily available you go to whole foods half the aisle will be dairy and the other half will be non dairy you know mm. that's that's the kind of in canada recently in fact i saw that like i saw a picture and somebody's like <laughs> look at the difference that's happening in the world today so go and buy stuff if not it's very easy to make your own alternatives so look up recipes online try the simple ones you don't have to do uh, you don't have to spend a lot of time making fancy stuff there are very very simple ways to make yogurt cheese and a whole bunch of milks you know so do that mm-hmm. the third advice which is the most you know which is as important i would say as the alternatives is find a support group find people who are already vegan or who are on that journey find your local vegan groups if you can if you have them locally if not get online there are so many groups so many groups on social media join the ones where you feel most comfortable so that way you have these buddies people you can ask your questions to and i'll tell you the difficult part is not finding alternatives or temptation or giving up that's all easy actually it's when there are people around you who may not support you who make fun of you you know that is the part where you need the support group <laughs> because they're going to help you with dealing with things like that they're going to help you with answering questions like oh but if you are stranded on a deserted island and there is only a pig there what will you eat <laughs> you know <laughs> like i'll eat what the pig is eating <laughs> yeah move over pig <laughs> <laughs> no no we'll share we'll share <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's awesome and you know what you're absolutely right like the support so i went keto in february because of course i have a terrible addiction to sugar and i mm-hmm. noticed that you know i made the shift very abruptly because i went to mexico and i was sneaking pastries while my spouse wasn't looking um and i'm like okay i have a real problem here and It's, you know, when I heard that, you know, sugar is actually and carbs can be identical for some people to drugs and alcohol. That's when it really connected mm-hmm. for me. And so I always tell people like I don't do nutrition advice, but when people are asking me what they should start doing, I always say try something that works for you, experiment, play around with it, do something new, right? And I would love to do a month where I do no dairy or I learn how to eat you know a vegan lifestyle because mm-hmm. it might be something that works keto has worked for me because when i'm not eating carbs and i'm just eating you know proteins and vegetables i don't crave sugar anymore so you know mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like you said right when you're eating dairy and and we've been so groomed to eat all this stuff that's when the cravings start and when we eliminate them out of our life eventually we don't think about them anymore 
Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, you were talking about sugar and I realized, so when you go back to eating, when you went back to eating sugar, I'm sure the fir- those first few bites were too sweet for you, right? Mm-hmm. Like it kind of hits you in the middle of your forehead, like this, this extra sweetness. So uh, when you detox your body from these things, but dairy, it's different with dairy. I can't even bear the smell of dairy anymore. Like if I wow. go to somebody's house and if they're boiling milk somewhere and I'm like, oh, okay, I, I can, I feel a physical gag reflex, you know, it, it's that much. It, because dairy is not meant for you, right? It's actually meant for the baby cub in, in nature. It's not meant for you. So you're not actually, um, if you, most babies, if you give them dairy, like if you switch them from mother's milk to dairy, most of them actually refuse it. They don't like it at first. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a lot of us have stories where as kids, parents used to force us to drink milk. Like, okay, drink your glass of milk. It's healthy for you. And then it's a habit. And then, you know, you have to add sugar, you have to add this, that, that, you know, cover up that taste of plain milk and drink it. You know, that's how the addiction builds. So we can definitely de-addict ourselves from it. <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, I don't even like milk. I remember my parents too, right? They would be like, have your mm-hmm. glass of milk. I'm like, I'd rather have some juice or some water. Like this milk <laughs> is just gross. Not to say I don't love cheese because because I was born in the Netherlands. So of course, cheese mm-hmm. is a big part of our daily life. But yeah, milk, mm-hmm. I was never a big fan of. So, you know, just for my audience, make sure, um, you know, I'm going to leave a bunch of information in the show notes. But Susmitha also teaches um, a one on one class for dairy alternatives. So for those of you who are thinking <laughs> about it, but you're not sure what to do, um, I'll leave you that uh, at the end of the show. But you know, let's talk about, you also do a lot of self-care and self-care meditation practices, um, mindfulness are a huge part of my transformation. So what are some Mm -hmm. self-care and well-being practices that you recommend to people? Well, uh, meditation is great for starters, but then I know that a lot of people may not be able to actually sit and meditate. Uh, one is if if you are able to just sit and meditate like you know focusing on your breath and simple meditations that way go ahead do it do it even if you do two three minutes of meditation in a day it's still going to make an impact so don't think that you have to do it for an hour or half an hour you know if over time you will want to do it for longer but if you can't then go for guided meditations so guided meditations what happens is um there is a lot, especially imagery ones. So there is a lot of imagery. And so when I record my guided meditation, so example, I'll be telling people, okay, you're walking down the path and there's grass under you and there are trees and you're asking them to observe things around you. So it's a very natural feeling. It's almost like just daydreaming, you know, that kind of a feel. And then you get into the zone. So try guided meditations. Those are very helpful. Uh, another thing is uh, make sure that no matter how busy you are, whatever work you're doing, make very sure that you're getting good chunks of time to take off for yourself, even on your most busy, especially on your most busy uh, days. Make sure if you work too hard for three, four days in a row, make sure you take two days off extra, you know, so that making time for yourself, it really is like a reset button. And you will be more productive. After that reset, you will guarantee you will be more productive. You know, that is so, so important. Another thing to do, uh, of course, part of this is, uh, you know, taking time off is also delegating. <laughs> you know, learn to give yes. your tasks out to others. Don't be a perfectionist. You know, that, that helps a lot. <laughs> Especially a lot of us start
startup entrepreneurs we get into this <laughs> you know we all think we're doing brain surgery all the time and we have to be there and <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah so another very you know simple and easy practice that i felt if you are not in a mood to meditate or anything so another way to spend time is to just sit down and journal uh, especially if you can do gratitude journaling you know or affirmation journaling uh, or doodling around your affirmations things like that that's again a very good self care practice making a little time to do that that helps a lot uh, particularly if you do this you know at least two times a month maybe new moon full moon if nothing else you know that helps to um, again create your goals during the new moon and uh, create what you want to let go of during the full moon this is again a simple and very nice uh, practice to do and then another very important thing is digital disconnection you know that is something we all need we are really addicted to particularly our smartphones our devices so you know something that has worked wonderfully for me which again i thought i'd never be able to do it but i have and it's been so great i've continued it is uh, staying off the internet one day a week like i i okay i will use i will watch netflix that is considered tv and not internet but i won't even google i won't browse i won't even go to google if i want to look up something i just won't connect to the web um, and especially no social media apps no messenger apps no emails nothing take one day of a week where you're doing this and um, you will start learning how to spend that time there's so much time and mental space that opens up initially you'll think oh it's boring but actually you'll start finding new ways to live life new activities to do and a lot of enjoyment out of it so definitely disconnect and these are just a few of the <laughs> ways that uh, you can yeah self care practices yeah d- disconnecting is very difficult i know that i have actually cut down on i only check social media twice a day so i'll do it once in the morning and mm-hmm. once in the evening um because mm-hmm. of course for my business that's why i check it and but i found mm-hmm. that because it started to feel unmanageable when i was doing it all throughout the day and it of course distracts you if you work a full-time job um but so being an entrepreneur then do you little literally do nothing like no zoom calls no nothing for one full day Yes, exactly. Literally nothing. Um uh, no work related stuff, no online related stuff. And the one full day is a Sunday usually for me. So mm-hmm. I take that, you know, the weekend. It doesn't have to be a weekday, but at least one day, some one day. And over time, you will uh, start arranging things, rearranging things around that. Mm-hmm. Once you know that you are going to do this for sure, that's why the fixed day of the week is helpful so that people around you also get used to it. and they're like okay sunday you know she won't be online there is nothing so important that uh, you have to do it on sunday you know you can do it on monday no problem <laughs> you can wind up a few things on saturday and then go back on so you know one day a week it's very much possible i do believe that uh, i don't think there's any entrepreneur like except for the ones where like you said life saving you know you know the, the like i was saying earlier brain surgery or yes. something like you know there's there's no one who who can't take a day off yeah and it's interesting you you know you said the keyword there people will get used to it and i think as a society we think and myself included but if i don't check it i'm going to miss something and somebody is going <laughs> to you know why isn't she getting back to me but essentially we're grooming people 
to treat us that way, right? So when, like, for example, one of the big steps that I had taken um, probably in the last six months was I put my phone, because I use my phone for an alarm and I use it for my meditation before I go to bed, um, Mm -hmm. but I will turn my phone on do not disturb so I can't get any text messages or any notifications from um, 7 p.m. until 6 a.m. when I'm actually ready to look at it. And that has been a huge help because, you know, I thought, okay, if somebody needs to get a hold of me during that time, then I can get back to them, right? And so you're training people now. People know, okay, you know what? Tamar's phone's off and she's going to bed and winding down early so she can wake up early. And yes, people just yes. adjust to that. Yes. Oh, God, that's so important. Setting those boundaries is so important. Um, and not just that. It's not just for yourself. You are giving them permission to say, you know, I can take time off for myself too. I don't have to be available all the time to anybody. And uh, we didn't have this before smartphones. We just didn't have this culture, right? We had the internet for quite some time before the smartphone. But now this expectation, I sent you an email, I'm immediately expecting a reply. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> I um, I turn off all notifications on my phone. By the way, like I have zero notifications on. Mm-hmm. And when I'm not using my phone, I turn off the internet on my phone so you're doing it on your own terms and then like you said you set a certain block of the day or multiple blocks through the day and you say between this time to this time I'll be online doing this and it's so funny how much you can achieve when you set that time limit because you know you're not like if I, I I have my Instagram app to go off after half an hour of usage per day Beyond that, it's up to me if I want to extend it. But half an hour, it goes dark. Like it goes, <laughs> it wow. gets locked. So there's that option to do that, right? And that has helped me so much because at the back of my mind, I'm like, I only have half an hour. So I have to do what I need to do, be productive and less of the just mindless browsing. Yeah. And, and I think time is such a big part of self-care, right? We don't realize... And our phones tell us now. They come on and said, you spend this much time on social media or this much time on this. And it's horrifying. Like when I first got my new app, my new iPhone, I was looking at it and I'm like, now it's like throwing it in my face. Like, by the way, Tamar. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. You know, iOS 14 had this, you know, whole screen time thing, right? Like it's throwing it in your face. Like it's right there. I'm like, oops. (laughs) But it helps. It helps a lot to look at that screen time, um, you know, the statistics. It helps you control things a lot. It does. And I I think, you know, with just as a society, how go, go, go we are. And that's why I really appreciate, you know, I not appreciate that COVID started, but it was almost like the world (laughs) saying, okay, let's slow this down a little bit. Like everybody's just going a little crazy and you notice less traffic, you noticed Either people did one or two things. They either gained weight, got complacent, started to get depressed, or like people like you and I, we thought, okay, you know, we can't get sucked into this. What can we do to get better? And, you know, we all know this wave is happening again. And so, you know, on the show, I love to teach strategies and tips to stay healthy. And I think that that mental well-being, you know, doing meditation and practicing it regularly and making sure that you're mentally healthy as we go into this again, you have to be prepared, right? And there's so many things. So, you know, if if you're feeling an addiction to food and you're kind of going in that failure cycle over and over, maybe think about, 
you know, what vegan would do for you. And also personal, you do personalized meditations. How, um, we know how meditation is helpful, but if someone was just starting out, what would you tell them to do for just specifically meditation? Uh, yeah, same same thing. Like I said, uh, you know, look for guided imagery meditation. That's a good way to begin. It's it's for it, even the beginnest beginner <laughs> uh, can do. You know, the guided imagery. It's really simple. Get some nice. You know, get. Uh, I like Insight Timer. It's a great app. So you can install that, and you know, there's so much choice there. But the choice can be overwhelming. So um, you know, but at least you can find. You know, that the, the meditations are divided according to varieties and themes and whatnot. So it's a good place to start or uh, you can find uh, some podcasts with meditations on them so we have our common friend marisa has her incandescent podcast which is beautiful and it's only purely meditations and mm-hmm. you know it's very powerful and she even has a youtube channel for it and then of course even on my own podcast i have recorded a bunch of uh, meditations for people to try so uh, start you know try a few times don't just try once and let it go you never know who you will connect with, whose voice you will connect with, whose energy you will connect with. So try two, three different people, see what works out for you. Agreed. So you mentioned the podcast, The Feel Good Factor. Um, What inspired you to start the podcast? Because I love this platform. I mean, when I was introduced to podcasting, Mm -hmm. I never thought in a million years that I would do it. And now, (laughs) you know, we met each other. We've met, we have so many amazing mutual friends who do it. But what what inspired you to start the Feel Good Factor podcast? Um, it was a, a combination of multiple things. Uh, if we go into who inspired me, I would say it's definitely Alison, Alison mm-hmm. Melody of you know our common mentor. <laughs> me too. Uh, Food Hills, yeah, <laughs> Food Hills Nation. She she made me want to do the podcasting, like you know, start doing it. Uh, but the you know, I thought a lot before I began, and I'm like, okay, what do I do? Should I talk about veganism again because that's what I teach anyway? But then I'm doing so much on me. I realized that. You know, there's a, what I'm teaching, the combination of say spirituality and then, you know, the self-care and the self-care for entrepreneurs and women helping women, collaboration over competition, the abundance mindset, the combination of these things, I felt like, you know, I could do this and, uh, you know, podcasting would be a good way because it feels nice. It feels like a friend is talking to you in your ear and it's not like a video and, so that really, I felt like, okay, it's a message that I do, I do seriously believe that can help people if they listen to it. And after I began, I put a lot of thought before I began. It took me many months to actually get into doing it. But once I began, I started seeing people's responses. It's not like I have a um, huge listenership, but the people who are there, it's like a very, very valuable quality crowd, people who appreciate it. And I keep getting that feedback about how much it's helping them and how much they're looking forward. And that's what keeps me committed to keep podcasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have a fantastic podcast. So I'll make sure to put it in the show notes <laughs> so everybody can check it out. So how can people reach you if they want to learn more? Because, you know, like I mentioned briefly there, you do personalized meditations, you do one-on-one classes, so you can help so many people. 
so my everything about me they can find it on my website which is veganosaurus.com that is www.veganosaurus.com so just go there um, and of course you can connect with me on uh, instagram which is also at veganosaurus that's where i'm most active so go to my website look around browse around uh, there is a section about uh, engage me section where you can talk you know that's where uh, i talk about my classes the one on one dairy alternatives classes the personalized recorded meditations my one to one business coaching it's a vegan business uh, coaching that i have particularly so i have all of that out there on the site so that's a great way to get in touch with me or check it out and know more about what i do Perfect. Smitha, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so grateful to call you my friend and I appreciate you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much, Tamar. It was lovely being here. So you see what I mean, guys? She is absolutely amazing. She's got so much good information. So I highly encourage you to check out the show notes and make sure you click on the links and go show the Feel Good Factor podcast some love. Now, if you are interested in learning more about the vegan lifestyle, you have to make sure you reach out to Sismitha and she has offered us a 20% discount for her Vegan Immersion Experience course. So you definitely wanna check this out, 20% off like I mentioned. All you have to do is sign up through the link in the show notes and enter the code ROAD FORWARD, right? R O A D FORWARD, F O R W A R D, and you will get 20% off this course. And she's an amazing teacher, so I highly recommend it. And guys, until next time, be safe out there. That wraps up another episode of the Road to Health podcast, where my mission is to empower you to live up to your true potential because you're capable of so much more than you think. I know from experience, it can be hard to make healthy lifestyle changes that actually stick. I work with people to help them create a vision, define their goals, and identify the roadblocks that stop them from achieving them. If you'd like to learn more about my individual and group coaching, visit my website at www.theroadforward.ca. And when you're there, make sure you sign up for one of my free live workshops so you can start your journey today.